two, one. Welcome back to another episode of AT Talks. This is topic four, things I wish I knew when I started. This is episode four. We have Brooks, Sarah, and Matt. If you could quickly say a couple things about yourself to introduce yourself to the AT Twitterverse. Oh. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, I'm Matt. I work in Rochester, New York, which for those of you who aren't aware, that's Western New York. And I currently work in the clinic high school outreach setting. Um, okay, I can go next. Um, my name is Brooke. I'm a grad assistant at the University of Florida, and I work in the campus rec setting. So I work with our sport clubs and intramural participants. Um, I am Sarah. I am in the Indianapolis area, and I work at a high school, but I am contracted there through a local hospital system. All right. Who wants to start? Things I wish I knew when I started. It could be could be anything. It could be when you first started. It could be an athletic training student. Anything that comes to mind. I'd say I think one of the biggest things that I am still trying to learn at this point, and I am now eight years into my profession, and I think is a great thing to learn when you first start out is how to use the word no. Um, you know, we're very much a giving profession. You're trained to do that, but for the sake of your own health, and to be able to avoid burnout and just overall balance, using the word no is very important. Yeah, Matt, I think that's what, um, that was something I wanted to touch on was like how to understand your own boundaries and like what burnout looks for you. Um, Cause I got really sucked in to just like thinking that everything that was asked of me was like pretty much the minimum and you had to do the minimum. And then I started to recognize some of the signs of burnout in myself, but that was probably like three months after I had started feeling burnt out. Um, so yeah, if that could have been talked about or just like briefly mentioned, I think that would have been helpful recognizing earlier in myself. Yeah, I agree. Like being able to say no, knowing what's too much to be asked of you. Um, and for me, one of the big things I wish I knew how much I didn't know. I was definitely a bit of a know-it-all when I first came out of undergrad. Um, <laughs> I, I'm still a bit of a know-it-all, but I'm getting better about that. Um, but I, I just, I wish I got put in, a, I was in a position where all of us were pretty young and pretty fresh out of school. Um, so we all kind of had this same attitude. I didn't really have a, a lot of mentorship because I'd left um, where I went to school. And I just, I kind of wish I had that guidance and that you may not know as much as you think you do, sweetie. Yeah, I think I was really stressed about coming out of undergrad and I feel like I don't have much perspective on this situation at all. Um, I've been certified for three years, but um, I felt like, you know, past the VOC, like graduated from undergrad, like felt like I knew what I needed to know to at least be where I was and then um it didn't really hit me until later that like book knowledge is only like half the puzzle piece to like being a really good athletic trainer and um i held a position before i came to the university of florida so i've been certified for a little over a year before someone said it people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care um and that kind of like set the tone for my whole ga position and like i try to like start with that quote in mind every time i have a new interaction with somebody 
So, so what do you think is some of those other skills that you wish you knew besides the clinical skills that make a well-rounded athletic trainer? I think I see it a lot dealing with, um, with our intramural participants um, particularly because they're there to play sport maybe like one night a week. They're there to have fun. It's like sort of stress management for them more than it is competition. Um, and so when they get injured, there's the questions that they have in their mind are not the same as the questions in the mind of our sport club athletes um, or even the high school athletes I worked with before. So showing that you truly care about the fact that they were inter that they were injured in like an indoor soccer game um, and that you are asking them questions about how that affects, you know, standing in chemistry lab the next day, or how am I, like, I won't see you tomorrow because you won't be playing IMs tomorrow, but I do care enough to like put you in the right direction. The IM participants care more about that than they do about me getting their diagnosis right. I think for me, I wish I'd had a little more training in, in conflict resolution, like with my jobs, that I held in college. I was actually an intramural supervisor in college. Um, yeah. I so love our supervisors. I got some conflict resolution there. But like the school I was like working at the high school being 22 at my first job, it was a lot of, I always felt like I was being attacked. I cried a lot. I wish I had a better, I had better understanding of how to manage conflict uh, as than just like crying and freaking out. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Maybe even not just conflict resolution, but I'd say maybe more how to deal with adversity. So whether it be a conflict with a coach or you have that difficult parent, I feel like a lot of that came from your clinicals and unless your um, preceptor or ACI, depending on what time you graduated from an ATEP program, um, if they didn't let you deal with those or really let you witness those or they just didn't really have that much going on with those, because I mean obviously college versus high school, you don't really have that same amount of interaction with parents or other people besides the coaches, the athlete, maybe the athletic director, if you're lucky and a doctor, you really don't have the same amount of, you don't, I feel like you don't have nearly as many unique situations arise at a college as you do like the high school. So. Yeah. Anything else, any other kind of things you wish you knew? I wish I knew it was okay to make a mistake. I think part of my problem when I first started off is I had no confidence because unless I felt like I was 100% perfect dead on with everything, um, you know, that it wasn't okay. And also to say that I don't know right away, you know, that whole maybe ice, give it 24 hours and we'll reassess yeah. because not everything's going to show up textbook. Like you think it's going to be coming out of undergrad or whatever grad, pro whatever ATEP program you went through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I find myself doing that a lot. I'll have an idea in my mind what I think is wrong, but I'll be like, we'll just see how it is tomorrow. And I'll know far better tomorrow depending on how you're feeling than I do right now. Unless I think it's emergency, then it's go, go to the emergency room, but we don't have that too often. And piggybacking off of that, knowing that it's okay to, to say, you know, let's see how we feel tomorrow and kind of give them that 24 hour. I felt like I needed to have an answer for them right away and I needed to know what's going on and be what their treatment's going to look like right away. Um, so I think knowing that it's okay to say, you know what, 
I don't know. Let's just kind of do this and see how you feel tomorrow and go from there. I do that a lot now. Yeah. No, our um, club sport athletes, when they come see us in clinic, we've asked them about that, um, how they feel when one of the athletic trainers, like, is just flat out honest with them. Is like, I don't know in this moment, but I will find out for you. Um, or we'll wait and see and we'll figure it out. And I thought that athletes might say like, well, it makes me like doubt you a little bit, but instead they said like, it actually makes me trust you more. It makes me feel like you're like being completely honest with me. And a lot of the time, like they get to us after they've seen a bunch of other people because they might not know they had access to AT services or whatever delayed their care. Um, and they're like, well, you're the first person that's like been honest with me about what's going on with my body. Like, even if you don't know. And sometimes you're going to think that you do know and you're wrong and that's okay too. That's all. Yeah. Fun. Uh, and this kind of makes you piggyback off of that, but also knowing who you can be, you know, be upfront with and who you can't, maybe there are certain athletes you need to say, Hey, we're going to take 24 hours or here are a few possibilities versus, um, you know, that one where you're like, you definitely tore your ACL. I definitely had a football player this fall who, non-contact ACL mechanism towards ACL and in a way football game we went back to the locker room gave him some crutches prior to leaving went back to the locker room he was changing I reassessed and definitely got an ACL he yelled at me afterwards because I was like I have some concern for your ACL um and luckily I was able to see the doctor the same day because I had Saturday clinic hours but um he came back he's like why didn't you tell me you knew and blah 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 and I was like Think of how many tears you already cried, dude. I wasn't going to add to that amount of anguish and frustration and pain that you felt in that moment any more than the doctor needed to. So, The phrasing on that's really important because I'll, I'll see stuff like that all the time. I had a basketball girl and I was like, if I'm gambling, I'm gamble that it's a torn ACL. I hope it's – I could be wrong. I can't see in there. We'll find out soon. Yeah, it definitely depends on the individual, and it also depends on what kind of family life they have. I have some kids where I know I have to do A, B, and C, mom or dad would be calling tomorrow. Right, anything else we want to add, or we think we hit everything? Um, I definitely think, like, the uh, – and I'm – I don't really like this phrasing, but I can't think of better phrasing. Um, like soft business skills. I think those have really benefited me in the past couple of years being in a campus rec setting. Um, we're not under a medical model. So a lot of the time, if, if we're asking for something or if something needs to be done or if we're suggesting change, it does come down to speaking the language of the people that make your decisions, um, which in, in my setting, unfortunately, is not medical professionals. Um, and so that was a lot of stuff I, I had to learn as I, as I was in the position, how to communicate in that sort of a setting. Can you give any examples of, of what you call soft business skills? Um, I think that, <laughs> I think that conflict management is one of those, mm -hmm. um, communication is definitely a big one. And, um, we, so we take the strengths finder or strengths quest assessment, um, everyone that works in our department does, and they really emphasize like using your skills and recognizing skills in other people that either complement or supplement what you have to offer. So it was a lot of understanding what I bring in sort of a, a business standpoint to the table and 
um, as it turns out, like I had a lot of executive, um, more like uh, decision-making skills <laughs> that I brought to the table and recognizing in other people, like one of my coworkers is really big in harmony, which means that she is great at making sure of like taking the temperature of the room. Um, so that is not a skill that I possessed in my top five. And it's definitely something that I've tried to learn from her as we've been coworkers because taking the temperature of the room has been incredibly important. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm watching TikTok. Stop. I can't stop. I'm too far deep into it. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> I didn't realize I was muted. I just did like a whole paragraph of us. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Allie's on the right. I'm sorry, Allie is on the left with the UK hat and there's Hattie on the right. Oh, yeah. It's about to wrap up. <laughs> Can you two quickly give one or two things you wish you knew for a student? I wish I had learned. Oh. Um, Don't act like you didn't know the topic. I've been. I've I didn't, I didn't <laughs> put a lot of thought into this. Let's see. I think for me, it's a lot of like soft skills, like how to deal with a bunch of different types of people and how to communicate um, and figuring out how, like different people communicate differently and different people have different expectations. So learning those expectations and kind of tailoring what you're doing to what other, what works best for other people, I guess. I would kind of go along with that too. Like it wasn't anything like super like hard or fast, like a specific skill, like an anatomy or anything. It was more of like some of those things that you don't really talk about in a book. Like what happens when you have this practice going on down here, this practice going on over here, you have game here, you're, you know, somebody is sick and you have to cover by yourself. And so you're expected to be like eight places at once, like kind of like some of that, like, okay what do you do like what managing yeah someone else to kind of say like hey or even just being like hey this is like what i've done and experience but just kind of like the management like the real world management of like hey when stuff hits the fan here's some helpful tips some things to think of i think those kind of skills that they don't aren't necessarily covered in a book that's something that maybe could have been one over a little bit but Otherwise, you just figure it out as you go. As a collective, do we feel so uh, soft skills aren't hit on enough? <laughs> yeah, I know in undergrad, we read The Five-Minute Manager, which is, um, it's a good book about like accepting and giving feedback. Um, so that was helpful to, as sort of an introduction to soft skills. But then beyond that, um, it would have been cool to have more um, maybe seminars uh, about different communication styles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had nothing about that in my undergrad for my athletic training program. Anything that I had was through Greek life. Okay. I think a lot of it, too, you're expected to learn, like, in your clinical settings, and it's not really, like, taught to you. It's more like you pick it up um just being involved and in learning from your preceptor and how they're kind of interacting with different coaches and people like that um 
so yeah it's not like taught really as part of a class you just kind of pick it up as a skill set on your own if that makes sense anything else we want to add do we think we hit everything and we're good to go home <laughs> last call going once okay souls all right well matt brooks sarah hannah Allie, i know you two came late but <laughs> Joining this is episode overall. Yeah, you did not know what was happening. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Well, um, I'll do a better job next time at keeping everyone. Glad to pop in last minute. But, um, <laughs> thank you for your time, and I hope to see you everyone back and have a great rest of your Thursday. Thanks. Thanks. You too. Thanks. Thanks. You too.